You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. It is time. It is time. They can't be the Packers. No. Are you crazy? Listening to Cheese and Packers, a project powered by the Packernet Podcast Network. I'm your host, JJ Leahy. Happy to rejoin you guys after missing a week last week. We were in the hospital, uh, welcoming my new daughter into the world. She is a little peanut, super cute, and I promise I'm going to do um, my fatherly duty to raise her up as a Packer fan. Going to do things a little bit differently today, kicking things off with a voicemail from the one and only Bruce Edmonds. What up, JJ? Bruce from Packers Without Borders. Hope you're doing well, man. Hope you're sleeping. Probably not. But either way, got some questions for you. A couple notes from from the preseason game, so a couple notes. So I came out of this game more confident in the offensive line. So just give us some comments on the offensive line, what you think. Seems like they they spent a lot of time uh, keeping the same guys together to gel and, and makes in some additional depth pieces, but I felt pretty good about that. I agree. I, I thought there was some nice chemistry between John Runyon and Josh Myers. Uh, Zach Tom certainly played well. I was surprised how much I liked Cole Van Lannen out there. Um, starting to wonder if, if he's going to crack the roster. I think looking at the offensive linemen that we have here, obviously things are going to shake up quite a bit now that we have Elton Jenkins back. My guess is that your starting offensive line is going to be – Yash Nyman or maybe Zach Tom. I would say right now it's Yash Nyman, but Zach Tom really could overtake him. At left tackle, John Runyon at left guard, Josh Myers at center. I think you're probably looking at Royce Newman reclaiming his right guard spot from a year ago and Elton Jenkins starting at right tackle. That, to me, makes the most sense, barring a return from David Bakhtiari. Really happy with our edge depth. It looks like it's really solid, so... A little bit on the edge, what you're thinking. Looks like Bar was a stud there, you know. So I'm just enjoying the fact that the depth at edge is pretty good, which is something that I was concerned with prior to training camp and prior to this. Yeah, Bar really came alive in that preseason game and by all accounts has been having a good week of training camp uh, or good half week since then, which is really encouraging. I think Tipa Naliai clearly has cemented himself as the more reliable edge three at the moment just because of his run defense. That's still something I think Kingsley struggles with. I would call him a liability in run defense at the moment. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's what you have to work on with him there. And a lot of people have kind of pointed out that, you know, maybe he just doesn't do great in like these sterile... Uh, environments where he's just wearing shorts and just being asked to, you know, uh, run through drills and stuff. So at the combine, 
was not as impressive as you'd like uh, throughout practice. He's looked pretty flat, but then you put him in a game and he kind of comes alive and looks more like he did in college. You know, and, and now in this uh, half week of, of practice, they've had the Saints here. It's been a little chippier. Uh, you know, he's probably riding off of some emotional highs from the preseason game. Seems like we're getting uh, better production out of him in this heightened scenario. So I'm all about it. You know, if he's a guy who just comes alive when the lights come on, uh, I feel like we saw that in 2020 from Zadarius Smith as well. Jonathan Garvin and Ladarius Hamilton, to me, both have good shots of making the roster. I think looking, well, and even Kobe Jones, I think the only outside linebacker on the roster right now who's not doing anything at all is Chauncey Manak. But you got, uh, I think they're going to keep five edge rushers, and I think they have six that you really like, um, plus Kobe Jones. You know, and maybe Kobe Jones continues to ascend and makes that that final decision even harder. But I would say Rashawn, Preston, and Kingsley all make the roster for sure. I would say Tipa is probably the next guy after them. And then you got Garvin, Hamilton, and Kobe Jones. I would say all jockeying for one roster spot, but maybe similar to what we have been saying about wide receiver. Maybe you are in a situation where you do want to keep just one extra guy uh, and have six uh, edge rushers with, with seven guys that you like stash one on the practice squad um, to provide some of that extra depth, just because even though I think Tipa and Kingsley and Ladarius and uh, Garvin, have looked better. I still have some questions about if the drop off is a little bit too far from Preston to Tipa at number three. Thirdly, who will be the fourth wide receiver? Do you think it's going to be Dobbs or Amari? I know there's a lot of love for Dobbs and and he's doing fantastic, but in the roles and how this wide receiver room is shaking up, do you think it's going to be Amari who slimmed down looking a lot faster? Or do you think they'll kind of keep him a little bit more for special teams? Pretty excited about that. But who's going to be your fourth wide receiver in the room? All right. Who's the fourth wide receiver? So I'm assuming that you're viewing this as Al Lazard is wide receiver one. You're you're thinking there's there's three guys specifically ahead of Dobbs slash Amari. I'm guessing that you're putting Christian Watson ahead of those guys. So... Who are you leaving out between Sammy Watkins and Randall Cobb? Because Rogers' comments from uh, Tuesday afternoon saying basically Lazard, Sammy, and Randall are going to be on the field. Those are the guys who are dependable that I can trust. And and after that, these young guys need to earn a spot. They need to earn looks. So I, I think um, between I I guess your your question really is who's going to get more looks on the offense. Is it going to be Romeo or Amari? And I would say it's Romeo just based on the way he's been flashing, but he needs to clean up these drops. Amari maybe is a little bit more reliable. Uh, Same with Juwan Winfrey. I think both of those guys, um, Rogers probably should be able to trust a little bit better than Romeo, but Romeo is running better routes. No question about it. I'd say he's clearly running the best or second best routes of anybody in camp. And we just haven't seen enough of Christian Watson yet since he's returned 
from his injury, but all the reports sound pretty good. Sounds like you can't, you just watching him, you wouldn't really notice that he had missed time with an injury. So I am, here's my answer. This is just for the first, say, five weeks of the season. All right. I think the first five weeks, it's going to be Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, and Randall Cobb. And fans are going to be screaming bloody murder for Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson to get involved. And they'll be out there, but I think that they are not going to get as much playing time as we'd like. I think they have to earn that. Rodgers has been pretty upset with them. Um, just in terms of, and, and LaFleur has addressed it, just in terms of you're seeing some of the same mistakes over and over again, and that that just it won't fly. You're not going to get on the field if they can't trust you to not keep making the same mistakes. So after that, I, I would say all along I have, since we drafted these guys, I've said that Romeo probably makes sense to have a bigger role in year one than Christian Watson, because I think that he was a much more polished uh, prospect coming out of the draft. So after your first three, I think you have a trio of young guys in Watson, Dobbs, and Amari, who any one of those three, I think really could pop probably around week five I, I is kind of what I'm calling one of those guys to uh, start taking substantial snaps away from somebody else in the top three. And then finally, in a not-so-positive light is, what about DB and safety depth? I still continue to have quite a bit of concern. It looks like Scott will be the third safety in the rotation, but what do you think is going to shake out there? Because it just seems like if we're, we're we're an injury away from, from not doing very well with that back end, I think our – Obviously, our frontline starters are amazing, but what are your thoughts on the DB and safety depth? So how confident are you in that? And then just going back to that initial comment, how's it feel not sleeping, buddy? Congratulations on the baby. I hope you truly, truly enjoy her. Hashtag girl dad. Good for you, man. Yep, thank you. (laughs) We are not sleeping at all. Uh, We got a little bit more sleep last night. Uh, she, She only woke up one time last night, but it was for a bunch of hours. So we were able to get caught up a lot more last night than we have at any point really since she was born. Um, DB and safety depth. I feel better about safety than I used to. Uh, Micah Abernathy, the new guy we picked up, I thought flashed a little bit of potential versus the 49ers. That's the only time I've gotten to really see him. I'm going to have to see him more um, in order to uh, think that it was anything real, but it was interesting watching him sounds like Sean Davis has looked really good I'm starting to question if Sean Davis isn't actually going to beat out Vernon Scott for safety three um Ennis Gaines I I just don't buy uh Dallin Levitt didn't look good against the Niners and he got hurt so even though he's super promising on special teams and I think that if he's healthy enough he's going to earn a roster spot for that I'm not sure I want him out there on defense. We got picked up a new guy, Devontae Cross. Um, I'm not super intrigued by him. I think safety three is Sean Davis. Safety four is probably Vernon Scott. And then I, I still maintain, I think Tariq Carpenter is going to make the roster. If nothing else, he's making the practice squad. That, that dude has way too much to offer for them to just move on uh, this quickly is, is, is my two cents. At cornerback, I think I'm feeling pretty good. Remember, 
we didn't have our top three corners out in that preseason game. So you can lose Jair or Stokes or Rasul and still be okay. You can lose one of your one of your safe your cornerbacks and still be okay because you have three that you trust. I think Shamar John Charles is starting to look pretty, pretty good. Um, I've always been a big believer in Keyshawn Nixon, and lately his stock has been just skyrocketing. Rico Gafford, I like a lot on special teams. I like him a lot less on defense. I think uh, Kabion Ento maybe makes the roster over Rico just as a cornerback, but Rico probably squeaks in there as a special teamer. So I think they're going to keep six corners. It's going to be Jair Stokes, Rasul, and then uh, Shamar, Keyshawn, and Rico. That's my prediction. Uh, Kabion has been around here for a long time. I think his practice squad eligibility has been used up, uh, but I can't remember with the, the new rules. They keep changing the practice squad rules, and it's just too much to keep up with. I think he probably looks for a new team. Uh, Keandre Thomas, maybe they stash him on the on the practice squad. Not a lot of corners on the roster, which is interesting. You have more safeties than corners. All right, we're going to hop into the meat of this. Uh, but, Bruce, thank you for calling in with uh, your questions and your thoughts. Uh, I like the way your brain works. And you guys can call in as well, 231-714-4195. Leave me your thoughts, ask questions. It's a great way to get involved with the show. And if you want to support the show, patreon.com slash JJ Leahy. Or if you don't like Patreon but still want to support the show, just shoot me a message um, on Twitter. Um, or uh, you can shoot a text to that number. Again, it's 231-714-4195. And I have uh, other, uh, other uh, platforms, PayPal, Cash App, Venmo. If you want to support what I do here. Uh, I do super appreciate it, and it makes it easier to pitch to my wife why I should spend so much time doing podcasts um, instead of uh, helping with the baby, even though I do help with the baby. Actually, if we're being honest, for the first couple days, I was pretty much a solo parent while she was uh, recovering. Now it's it's uh, at least 50-50, um, and we're, we are having a blast together, honestly. We really are. So I think I already said thank you to Andrew Matson, the uh, newest member of the Patreon. Um, I think I already said thank you to you on the podcast, but just in case I didn't, here's the second one. Thank you so much for jumping on and supporting. Uh, starting to grow this up to a respectable number of supporters, and I appreciate each and every one of you. Okay, what we're doing today is I put a call out on Twitter. I thought about doing it on uh, Facebook as well. And before I had the time to do that, the Twitter post blew up. It got so, <laughs> it got so crazy. Um, I had to pay an assistant to comb through and organize all of your replies. What I asked for was, who are you driving the bus for this season? All right, what does that mean? Uh, this is a player that you really believe in. Maybe you think they're getting slept on, disrespected. Maybe you think they're about to have a breakout year. Um, I think to anybody who maybe would have answered like Aaron Rodgers, I really would need an explanation for you from you for how you think he's going to rise above back-to-back -back MVPs <laughs> and break out uh, even more than that. So that that's not what we're looking for. What we're looking for is an answer such as, um, Amari Rogers, like, man, Amari didn't have a big role, but I think he's going to be a wide receiver too this year. He's going to have a thousand yards, blah, blah, blah. All right. That's what we're looking for. 
had so many responses. I think we had over 200 responses just in the first 24 hours. So um, I wanted to spend a lot of time just going through everybody's individual comments. And I think what I have to do is kind of break it up by player. And we're going to give kudos to everybody for the player they picked. And the reason, one of the reasons I wanted to do this is I want you to be able to brag that you called this player's breakout season before it happened. All right. You're going to have irrefutable proof. If somebody's running their mouth and like, Oh, you know, you, you just hopped on the Amari bandwagon after he broke out. You can be like, yo, cheese and Packers podcast, August 17 proof right here. JJ said, I, Thomas Austin, pick Amari Rogers. Actually, I know Thomas Austin responded. I can't remember who he picked. We'll, we'll get to Thomas Austin a little bit later. And some of you decided to waste my time a little bit with stuff like Saul Good Tackle, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Uh, we also have um, EM on Twitter said, This year, Kevin King will have his best season for the Packers. He won't give up a touchdown all year. Probably true. Uh, man, I, I really would not hate bringing back Kevin King to be safety number three. Makes a lot of sense. I, I'm all for it. He played pretty well last year when they were putting him at, at slot corner. I think he could play safety. Uh, and he's probably not that expensive. Just saying, you can do a lot worse as your safety three than Kevin King. It's a little bit different than putting him at, at uh, boundary corner two opposite Jair. Spencer Thompson, Benjamin Bricko, and Eric uh, Pinnaker all said Jerron Reed. Actually, Eric said Jordan Reed, but I think that was autocorrect. Jerron Reed makes a lot of sense to me why you would go that direction. I think, first of all, it's totally attainable for him to break out because he's had kind of a string of just terrible years. He was coming along, come along strong at the end of last year, but he really, for all of his reputation, he has not been a good football player. I think that playing on this defensive line, which maybe has the potential to be historically good, if these guys actually tap into um, what is there in front of them uh, on paper, I think being a part of that could unlock really some magic for uh, for Reed. You know, and he's he's playing in between some pretty good players, and and at a minimum, he's going to be asked to be a rotational guy. I think. Uh, I th I would say I have him as our DT3 right now. I think Dean Lowry is probably still ahead of him. But we all know what Dean Lowry is, and I don't think it's asking a ton to surpass Dean Lowry and be DT2. Jerron Reed makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I, I, I was encouraged when we signed him because I've been wanting the Packers to prioritize the interior of the defensive line. They did. You know, we had uh, TJ Slayton was looking pretty good toward the end of last year and seems to have really turned it on in uh, the offseason so far. And you got Jerron Reed. And then we drafted a first rounder in Devontae Wyatt, who, let's be honest, he does not even need to contribute this year. He really doesn't. There is enough depth ahead of him that he can afford to just kind of sit back and learn the position. If he does break out and takes a big chunk of the pie, you know he's really good. If they're giving up... Uh, reps for Slayton and Reed and um, and Lowry for Wyatt. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, since I just touched on Devontae Wyatt, let's see who all called him. So we got Benjamin Bricko again with a comment about Wyatt uh, or 
first he talked about Reed, then he has a follow-up saying, I'm actually stuck between Wyatt and Reed. Uh, Brandon mentioned Wyatt. He just says Wyatt's not being talked about much. And Concerned Citizen says Wyatt, because the right guard will be getting double teamed and will allow him to shine. I really like that. I like when um, when people break out the why. Here, here's here's the the reason that makes sense why uh, this guy is going to take a big step forward. Why there's potential for him to really explode. I think my expectation for Wyatt is kind of just to be a depth kind of rotational guy and just learn the position. I think that he has a long way to go. Um, just from a mental standpoint of catching up to what is asked of uh, defensive linemen in this scheme. Um, I, I just think it's a, a big ask. And with there being so much depth ahead of him, I would be surprised if he really breaks out. Uh, David um, Desham says Jack Heflin. So the first step for Heflin is going to be to make the roster. Uh, I think they're going to keep five defensive linemen. They keep 5.5 on average. So some years you got five, some years you got six. Heflin would be the sixth guy, but I will say I don't think anybody else is gunning for that sixth uh, DT job. I don't see John Ford or Chris Slayton pushing Heflin for that spot. So if he can make the roster, I think you got a good case for him. And, you know, at that point, maybe you're just an injury two away from Heflin seeing some substantial playing time. And he, and he looked good against the Niners. Next up, um, we got Christian Watson. A lot of people were excited about Watson. You got Brandon. Uh, let's see. Brandon Steed, Sean Mitchell, Bearded Packer, big Christian Watson guy. You can tell he likes him. Uh, Tech G Prime Z, PNL Nepper, and Monsmoy White Farmers Lives Matter. <laughs> Names of you guys. Uh, let's see. Monsmoy says, I was a fan of the Packers drafting Watson. Uh, all the way back in 2021. So I'm glad that happened. Bearded Packer says it's going to be Christian Watson. Why? Because he'll have to be. Sean Mitchell says Christian Watson, once he gets his legs under him and gets his reps in, I think we'll see him get better as the season progresses. If he can earn 12's trust, I could, I think he could potentially be in the offensive rookie of the year conversation. His tape doesn't lie, and he could have been the guy at any power five. I think that's all true. And Brandon Sneed had a highlight video. I don't know if he made this. Looks like he did. Uh, go check that out. At Brandon underscore, underscore Sneed. S-N-E-I-D-E. I think he made this hype video himself. We're kind of bouncing around from position to position just because um, I am doing these players in the order in which they were commented. So Chris Slayton up next. Uh, Brunelli Sports. I, I've, I think that's... Uh, I've, I've talked to Brunelli quite a bit this week. He has a lot of thoughts. Chris Slayton, I'm disappointed, disappointed in how little love he received after his monster performance after the first preseason game. He was so disrupted on the run and pass. Honestly, think he can push Heflin out of that last interior defensive line spot. That makes sense. Uh, I think Chris Slayton probably is ahead of John Ford. I think Ford really is only a uh, blocker on... Uh, kicks would, would be my two cents about John Ford. Um, I saw uh, Sam Holman was gushing over Chris Slayton, and I was a little surprised because Slayton graded out pretty poorly in that game. Um, I did notice one play where Slayton was really disruptive in, uh, I think he, he had a tackle for a loss that was pretty cool. But overall, 
Um, I, I felt like the entire defensive line was so dominant and they kind of outshone uh, Chris Slayton. But Brunelli is calling Chris Slayton his guy. Looks like we only have one vote for Rasul Douglas, which um, maybe you think is surprising, but maybe people think that he already had his breakout year last year, which I think I would agree with. Um, Tech G actually listed four guys, AJ Dillon, Romeo Dobbs, Watson, and Rasul Douglas. I know you said one, but I feel like a bunch of guys are going to have a really good year. Makes sense. I think, um, I think Rasul is a prime regression candidate just because he had such a crazy good year compared to what he's ever done in the past. The one thing that does give me some hope is that he's still coming up with those interceptions in training camp. And the interceptions were kind of the thing that just made him special at all last year. And so if he's still replicating that, which is a hard thing to replicate, if he's still doing that in training camp, I I think that maybe that's just part of his game and maybe that's not going to go away. So that could still be exciting. And I think it's quite likely that he is going to get relegated to the slot corner a lot of the time and be put on uh, some of these lesser wide receivers. So uh, by the time you are looking his way, maybe the play has broken down enough that he is really going to um, have a lot more ball hawking opportunities than in uh, last year. Randall Cobb getting some love from Ben Walker. He says, no one has mentioned Cobb's name at all. No other player on the team has acquired Rogers trust nearly as much as Randall. That's true. Except maybe Lazard. He'll be massive this year. Expect him to have a big year. Uh, Pedro says Randall Cobb. This is not the same Pedro who frequently, um, uh, appears on this show with Twitter comments. We got El Soldado de las Montañas. It's a cool name. Uh, Cobb, 100%. I believe he's in for one heck of a season. Alex Humphrey says, read my bio and drops a picture of Randall Cobb. Anders, Anders Sigurdsson. I think Cobb will be one of our sleepers. I also think Tunyon is going to uh, come out motivated as bleep to make up for his injury last season. That would make sense. And I, 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 uh, well, we'll get to Tunyon a little bit later. I don't want to, uh, totally exhaust that before we even get there. Um, here's Brandon, uh, Big Bob, Cobb, Wyatt, and depth guys, Cole Van Lannan. Uh, Cobb just seems to be overlooked by people with how much he brings to the offense. Year of Eric says Cobb. Um, uh, so a lot of love for Cobb. Um, and I do think that we are maybe dismissing Cobb a little bit too much. He had a few games last year where he was really terrific. I'm going to pull this up here. So his best games were against Pittsburgh in week four, uh, against the Rams in week 12. And then he was extremely productive uh, against the Cardinals in week eight. Didn't grade out quite as highly, but he did have two touchdowns in that game. It felt like in the middle of the year, especially like he was really uh, getting those third and fourth down looks where Rogers just needed a safety valve to go off um, and Devante was blanketed or not in the game. And I think Rogers is going to continue to try and feed Randall in those situations. So unless he falls off a cliff physically, which I, I don't see, you might get the same Randall you got last year. And also, I recall to start the year last year, he was in the wrong place a bunch of times. I remember one time there was a pass clearly intended for Devontae, and Cobb thought it was to him, 
and reached out and tried to snag it. And obviously, you know, the ball wasn't for him. And so he wasn't the right spot. And so he broke up a pass to Devante uh, that uh, Devante and Aaron were both pretty upset about. So you're not going to have those kinds of mental mistakes that just come from unfamiliarity with the offense. Also, he missed a big chunk of time last year. He played through week 12. And then the next time he played was uh, in the divisional round, which is what week 19. So he missed seven weeks with injury. So uh, that that's a big deal. One vote of confidence for KB on Ento. This comes from Draft Hobbyist, the Draft Hobbyist. KB on Ento. There have been times where he was asked to cover Adams one-on-one, and he has won. Unfortunately, injuries keep derailing his seasons. I thought Ento looked pretty bad in the um, 49ers preseason game. Nobody else shared that opinion, and he graded out in the 80s. So um, I think I just focused a little bit too much on a one or two bad reps and ignored all the good. So that's on me. I've been a big KB on Ento fan for a very long time. Would really like to see him make the roster. We kind of talked about the, the cornerback depth. I think he's really right there on the bubble. So he's going to need to have, um, you know, one or two more really strong uh, preseason games here, but there is certainly room for him to separate himself from uh, Rico Gafford and Keandre Thomas, and even maybe Keyshawn Nixon. Although I think Keyshawn Nixon is probably wrapped up that cornerback three, uh, cornerback four job. Some Mason Crosby love, which is good. Uh, certainly after last year, I think Mason could use some love. Big Z says Mason Crosby. Besides the six quarter span last season, he had a good year with inconsistencies in the snap and hold. Having a real special teams coach and O'Donnell living with him will get operations back on track and more consistent kicking being slept on, but I expect a bounce back year. Yeah. He, he certainly had that rough patch early on. And then the rest of the year, uh, we had Chris Jackie on uh Myler podcast, no huddle radio. And we asked him about Mason and, and he was pretty quick to blame the snap and the hold. And then uh, kind of illustrated that, he thought that 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 the the lack of trust from Mason for those other guys was really kind of getting in his head, um, and that uh, it, it seemed like Mason's fundamentals were still pretty solid, but there was just some hesitancy and indecision. Um, maybe the other thing that I would have some concern about is it seemed like maybe some of the leg strength was fading. So maybe you're trying to have uh, Pat O'Donnell or. A second young leg, this is Chris Jackie's idea, not mine, um, specifically reserved for like kickoff duties, so you're not trying to burn Mason's leg out on that. But you still want him in there for his uh, extreme accuracy um, for extra points and field goals. Gregory at Boss G44 and Lord Zachary Yakowitz um, also threw in their hat for Mason Crosby saying I believe in Mason Crosby. Got, I got a vote for Josh Myers here. Um, actually, a few votes. So Tyler Voigt just says Josh Myers. Great Lakes East Coaster. Um, actually, that's Pet Liker. He changes his name all the time, but his Twitter handle is Pet Liker. I think the roster is so good that it's going to be hard to identify standouts if everyone's being used correctly. As far as disrespected, how about Myers? Slept on? Pat O'Donnell. Um... Uh, Myers 
did not have as good a year last year as he's getting credit for. And I'm not concerned about it. And, and he was really good in the preseason game against the Niners. I just think that any criticism about him is, so far has been really warranted. Um, I think uh, Ryan has been a little bit harsher than necessary on him. It's just my two cents. But uh, as we know, he likes to push back to the extreme when people are uh, going too far in one direction. I think that Josh Myers' love for what he did last year is is not really fair or accurate. Uh, he, he, he struggled in the little bit that he did, he did play. Um, and he's been struggling in training camp. Could he break out, though? Absolutely he could. Um, and he showed exactly why and how in the preseason game. And, and his run blocking in that game was particularly encouraging. Run blocking all year last year was atrocious. <sighs> Which reminds me, I think Bruce asked me to comment on that. And, and there was a thought that I, I didn't get to. Which is that the um, the offensive line looked pretty good against the uh, 49ers defense. And it kind of lent some credibility. You know, when you looked at how bad they've been in, in training camp, it kind of lets lend some credibility to just how dominant this Packers D-line really must be. And I, again, I you know, it, it's probably premature and foolish to throw this word out, but I'm just going to say, Historic. I, I think that there is potential for them to be historically good on, on on the defensive line this year, just on paper. And if they if they tap in and and if Rashawn is healthy all year and and if our edge two and three don't totally fall off, you know the the guys on the interior should be able to take care of business. Really getting excited about T.J. Slayton. Uh, let's see here. Some more Josh Myers love. You got Schmackers. That's a fantastic name. Josh Myers. I see him establishing himself as a top center. It has a nice jump this season. Jay Sop says Josh Myers had a good year before injury last year. I would push back on that a little bit. I think he was struggling a little bit. Um, looked fine for a rookie, but not great. Jordan Evans. I know it's been said already, but it's easily one of the two interior offensive line that don't get enough credit Runyon or Myers after that I may have to go with Winfrey or Amari and Jake Shavink our own Jake Shavink from the um, it's always draft season podcast this bus seems empty from the quotes and replies so I'll be the driver of the Josh Myers bus uh, one thing that'd be nice to see about him breaking out is you know the in the draft the big debate was Josh Myers or Creed Humphrey and Creed Humphrey no doubt about it had a fantastic season uh, as a rookie. So it'd be nice to see if Josh Meyer can kind of get back on track and prove Gudikin's right. Jair's getting some love, which again, you know, it, I, I got I to hear the argument for how he's going to ascend even further than he has in the past. Let's hear it. This is from Kevin Hadley on how Jair, who has been one of the best cornerbacks in football, how he's going to break out. Jair is going to show he's top two and it's not two. He's hungry for missing last season. This is the year he gets that pick six, too. I know he's already a top player. I really see him going top tier level this year um, along with A.J. Dillon. And I think maybe it's um, maybe this is a little bit more fair than my initial uh, reaction in that Jair was struggling last year. Uh, before he got hurt, did not play super well, just didn't look like the same guy from uh, 2020. 
And so far in camp, he's been lights out. Um, didn't get to see him in the preseason game, obviously. Uh, but man, if he can re-solidify himself, I, I think that uh, Jalen Ramsey gets so much hype with the Rams, and it's ridiculous. I don't think, I, I don't think it's it's deserved. And it'd be nice if Jair can kind of steal some of that spotlight back again and, and kind of put into context what a top uh, a top tier cornerback actually should look like. Uh, and again, to Kevin's point, if he can start hauling in some of these interceptions, if he can get a pick six, that's going to be massive. I know he had at least one sack in 2020 on Kirk Cousins. I can't remember if he had any more sacks. But he just doesn't come up with the ball very often. And the obvious reason for that is the ball doesn't get thrown his way. So I, I would expect that's probably still going to continue this year, but maybe the few times they do throw at him, if he can bring that ball uh, down and head the other way, man, that that if it gets to the point where it's like, look, we know that you shouldn't throw at Jair, but maybe in a pinch you do anyways. If it gets to, no, I would rather take a sack than throw to the side of the field that Jair is on that's going to be game wrecking for opposing offenses. Okay. Um, not quite halfway through with the responses here, but we are halfway through our time. So I'm going to take a quick ad break here and we'll be right back. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So us cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. RN Jonesman33 says, I'm going to go with Elise Mack. He's one of the first free agents we signed this offseason. That's true. And I really feel like he's getting slept on. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts on the practice squad and is a game day elevation that balls out and earns his 53-man spot. Uh, there's been some Elise Mack love today, and I think maybe there's a shot he makes the roster because at the time that um, uh, RN Jonesman33 made this comment, Dominique Daphne was still on the roster. He's not anymore, and I don't. I'm not a believer in Tyler Davis. We're probably going to get some Tyler Davis. Uh, love later on in these comments, but I'm just, I don't believe in him at all. I think Elise Mack maybe is the guy over Tyler. Uh, you got Sal Canella. Haven't seen anything from him yet. We'll have to, have to see what he's made of. We got Nate Becker that we picked up just yesterday. I, dude, I don't understand the Nate Becker pickup at all. He has never been anything better than absolutely terrible anywhere he's been. He's And he's not even good on special teams. I don't understand why they brought him in. It makes zero sense to me. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're looking for. Like just looking at him, he's he's never done anything. Whenever he's been given opportunities in preseason, regular season, it's been like appallingly bad, and that includes, like I said, special teams. So I, I think I think the opportunity is right there. You got Mercedes, Tunyon, and Deguara, and nobody else. I think that there is wide open for Elise Mack to come in and take a take a job. If Tyler Davis wins the job, man, good for him. I hope that he can show us exactly what the coaches and Goody think he has. I haven't seen it yet. Dennis says, Danny Davis, walk-on Wisconsin grad. Carlos seconds that. He said, if Danny Davis keeps it up, he should make the team. Um, I agree Danny Davis has looked very, very good. Here is the problem ahead of him. There's a ton of bodies (laughs) In the wide receiver room, we have 10 wide receivers um, on the roster right now. Uh, If I went through everybody who you would say is a roster lock, you've got six guys already. And then you have Juwan Winfrey and Samori Toure. I think Danny Davis is probably only a guarantee to be ahead of Ishmael Hyman at this point. So I, I don't question Danny Davis's potential. I just question the opportunity for him to find a roster spot. Um, his best path to making the roster is going to be to blow people away on special teams. And he hasn't done that yet. So he needs to get working on his special teams uh, work and try and convince Rich Bisaccia to give him a roster spot. Cause I don't think uh, Steno is going to give him one or Jason Vrabel just because there's so many guys ahead of him, but a, a practice squad stash. Absolutely. Uh, I think I think Davis is going on the practice squad, no question. And if he gets any playing time, wouldn't be surprised to see the ball go his way. Wouldn't be surprised to see him uh, come down with it. I think Danny Davis has already shown a lot more than um, Reggie Begleton did. Um, he reminds me at times of uh, Jake Kumro, actually. Um, probably just because of the Wisconsin connection. Uh, alrighty, where were we? Uh, here's Juwan Winfrey. Larry McCarrion's Pinky burner account says, all right, I'll bite. And I haven't seen it yet. I'll drive for Juwan. He's had a rough go the last few seasons. That's true. Had some injury issues already with the Rogers seal of approval. We need a good core of wide receivers to disperse the load needed. I think he could help if ready to go. Packers daily one, two, three also says Juwan Winfrey. 
Um, Bill Vernon says Juwan Winfrey, and Gary Petrick says Winfrey. Uh, Larry McCarron's Pinky's Burner account <laughs> um, has the uh, reasoning behind it, though. And I think I buy that. I think, I think Juwan, if we were playing a game today, I wouldn't be surprised if Juwan Winfrey got more reps than Dobbs or Watson just because Rodgers trusts him and he catches everything that's thrown his way. I don't think he's as good of a route runner by any stretch of the imagination as um, Dobbs. Um, I haven't seen Watson run routes, but uh, Watson just beats him up and down in terms of raw athleticism. But I just think in terms of uh, polish and um, Rodgers' trust, I think Winfrey has it. Really wouldn't be surprised to see him make the roster if they keep seven wide receivers. I think that he probably would be my pick over Samori Toure and Danny Davis to make the roster if we were doing that final cut down today. Got some love for Kenny Clark, and I guarantee you uh, Ryan is not going to be in this camp because he's been on the Kenny Clark uh, hate train so far this uh, preseason. BPED says Kenny Clark is only two years older than 2022 first-round pick Devontae Wyatt, will emerge as one of the best defensive linemen in the league thanks to a strong supporting cast on the line. I agree that uh, there's no reason for him to be getting double-teamed anymore, so if he just has one-on-ones, you would think he should be able to get home. Uh, Ryan is quick to point out that he's not really beating our suspect offensive line right now in training camp. But I also don't know, you know, like to, to what extent is he kind of holding himself back because it's training camp? I, I don't know. Um, no excuse for Kevin Kenny Clark not to blow up, though. He's been getting t- double teamed for years, ever since Mike Daniels left. And we finally have the bodies on the defensive line to take all the heat off of him. Gabe says Jerron Reed and Devontae Wyatt will free up space for Kenny Clark to have his best season yet. I'm calling an all-pro nod for number 97. Nate says, I think Kenny will feast this year for defense. Dylan will for the offense. All right, we got some Amari Rodgers. I I thought there might be a lot of love, and there is so much love for Amari Rodgers. I'm just going to run through all the names of everybody. Got PJ Hunter, uh, Jordan Evans, Dacking Up Space, Michael Allen, Sparta Chris, Matilla the Hun, Benjamin Bricko, Cheese Weasel, Jacob. Oh, man, how do you say your last name? Luke, I think it's Jacob Luke, but that's that's a weird way to spell it. J Train thirty three. Uh, we got Bub and Timothy Lindsay all throw their hats in the ring for Mario Rogers, and I would love to read your comments, but there are so many of them. Uh, I there's just no time. Uh, Mario Rogers has looked really good, seems to really have um, polished, and, and and I see a bunch of people are acknowledging the weight that he lost. Uh, that that certainly could be a thing. I think. Um, anytime players lose weight, it always is more of a benefit than when you hear, oh, yeah, he packed on some muscle. No, that guy just ends up looking slow after that. Uh, when they lose weight, it seems like they play better. <sighs> he has looked really fast. Um, he's had some pretty good hands. I think the route running is still not where it needs to be. Um, and it seems like maybe some of the struggles on special teams we saw last year are still a thing. So I think he's a good breakout candidate to uh, stake your claim on because there's a lot of reasons why he won't succeed and a lot of reasons why he will. So um, congratulations to everybody um, 
who threw their hat in the ring for Amari if he breaks out. You're going to have a lot to brag about. Yasha Nyman got love from Dor Israeli, Matt Pickett, and Mike Kawano. Mike says Yash could well be the reason Elton doesn't play offensive tackle long term. Matt says, I've been the conductor on the Yash Nyman hype train for a while. With his physical tools and continued practice, I think we're going to see him continue to improve and do his part to keep our quarterback clean. Dor says, Yash, I don't think Bach is ever coming back fully healthy. I would disagree with that. I think Yash played very well last season and should have started versus the Niners. That is true. I hope he gets consistent playtime if Bach doesn't return. I will say I would rather see Yash. Um, oh, man, it's tough. It's tough because right now I think we have three tackles that I like. We got Elton, Zach Tom, and Yash. I like all three. I would. Uh, it's tough. Yash has more experience than Zach Tom for sure. He's also got more physical tools. But man, Zach Tom just looks so good, and the and the coaches are kind of desperate to get him on there, out in the field. Um, if Bakhtiari comes back, I think Yash is clearly relegated to backup role. And at that point, I'm really hoping we don't see Yash, because I'd like to stay healthy for once along the offensive line. I would rather have Yash as a break glass in case of emergency situation. Um, but I will say this. You're talking about, uh, who was it? Uh, yeah, Mike said, could be the reason Elton doesn't play tackle long-term. I could buy that. You put Bakhtiari at left tackle, Yash at right tackle, kick Elton back into guard. Mm, I don't hate that at all. I really don't. I think Elton's a better tackle than Yash. So I don't think that'll happen, but I, I like the idea, at least for this year, of trying to keep Elton a little bit healthier by letting him play in a phone booth instead of out on an island. Columnist Mike, Sweatin' Bagels, and Gary Petrick are all excited about Tyler Davis. Mike says it was Tyler Davis based on the separation he got on a range of routes last year, but he looked awful. And Tunyon's back, so my bus is idling. When he says he looked awful, I think he's talking about the uh, 49ers preseason game, or maybe he's talking about practice. Either way, that's absolutely true. Um, Tyler Davis had basically one good year last year, and that was the Ravens game. Um, aside from that, he I think he usually looked uh, about average. Um, and then so far, he just has looked dreadful to me in uh, training camp and just like appallingly bad versus the 49ers. So, and, and he was bad um, la in the playoffs against the 49ers as well. He was quite bad. So um, these three, these three uh, folks who are um, staking their claim and driving the Tyler Davis bus, uh, you guys are going to get to brag quite loudly uh, if I end up being wrong. Quay Walker. Oh man, I'm excited about Quay. Uh, Anthon Yeti and Man, you people have such hard names to say. Chaza or Chiza, but it's, it's Chaza. Anthon, Yeti, and Chaza both like Quay Walker. People aren't considering the pure athlete Quay Walker is, and people are acting like Lazard can't be a true number one. Both will have really good, maybe great seasons. Chaza says, uh, Quay Walker, just for the fact that so many people believe we took the wrong linebacker, but I think he can be the best in his class. Uh, I, I Here's the thing that excites me the most about Quay Walker is that I don't think a ton is going to be asked of him, right? Because Devondre Campbell is there. He's going to be able to, um, you know, really plug the gaps and, and uh, hang back and, and play some cleanup. And 
I've said for a while, actually, Ryan said it first. Quay might get used like the Cowboys used um, Micah Parsons last year. And we've seen in training camp already, we've seen him uh, take some reps lined up outside at outside backer. Man, it could happen. It could happen. Um, with his athleticism, uh, I, I think, and, 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 the, and how little is going to be asked of him since he's playing next to Campbell, man, there is a sky-high potential for Quay Walker to, if he can just get enough of Joe Barry's confidence and trust, to let him just spin his ear back and get after the passer. That could be really cool. A lot of love for Al Lazard. Uh, Thomas Austin is going to get us started on this one. Hello, JJ. This is Thomas Austin of Packernet After Dark fame. On Twitter, you ask people to comment, give a reason why they support their guy. And so my guy, like I said, was Alan Lazard. He's been here for a minute. A lot of people, once Adams went away, they thought, oh, these guys, we don't have any receivers left. There's no one who can catch a ball. There's, you know, the halfbacks. They do a real good job. Our tight ends, for the most part, can do well. But an overlooked guy, Alan Lazard, right there. He's been sturdy. He's been strong. Has he been number one? No, but that's because we had Adams. Lazard needs a chance. He's going to be given many chances this year, and that's why I'm giving him support because no one else seems to be giving him that support, which I get. There's new toys like Romeo and Christian, but the holdout for one of our guys. There's a little struggle during the off season, but there's struggles all over the place with people during the off season. But he's here now. He seems to be loving it. And I just can't wait to see him play. And I just very, very am willing to throw my life on the line for support. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you, Thomas. Um, other love came from Mike Brown. Uh, Ken WIA, Canadian Packer fanatic, who said the man is going to block like the Hulk and catch footballs like Spider-Man. Just in time, says Alan Lazard 100%. Sparta Chris again throwing his love out there for Alan Lazard. Miss Courtney, Taze Takes, King Back K Pack says a lot of people around the league laugh at the fact that he's probably going to finish wide receiver one, but I think he's legit. Luis says Lazard will have a thousand yards or more this year, barring injury. I agree with that. I think a thousand yards and 80 catches. That's about where my projection is for him. Uh, El Profe, Luis Mijanos, Mijanos, says Al Lazard. Mitchell Keith says Lizard. <laughs> so, Lizard it is. TJ Slayton gets some, gets some love, of course. Shaky Guns, Jacob Dickerson, Young Net Save Peso, uh, says outside of Gary, who was all our picks between last year and this one, I think TJ Slayton is going to surprise people this year. Jonah Swift it's all about uh, TJ Slayton. He says he's been on the hype train since he was drafted. There have been some uh, TJ Slaytons since uh, Slayton fans since day one. Romeo Dobbs, of course, getting some love from our own Justin Young here at Packernet. Says he got the gut feeling Dobbs is going to be the guy. Tracy says Dobbs has been showing a lot of speed and the ability to get open during uh, camp. 
The preseason games seem slow to him after going against Stokes and Alexander to practice. I see him as a breakout player this year. Yeah, he's got to clean up those drops, but otherwise, absolutely. Um, Eric Pinnaker says, is Dobbs too obvious? I don't think he's too obvious. Um, how am I supposed to pronounce this? SP cheese emoji, hashtag Dobbs, spontane 24. <laughs> you guys. Dobbs and Goodson. Ooh, we haven't heard any Tyler Goodson love yet. Um, and then Big Bro 21, whose display name is Dobbs Season. It's been Romeo Dobbs for me since before the draft. He's my guy. Preston Smith got one vote uh, from P. Shan. That's Ambition 1992. I'm going to say Preston Smith. You would have told me this time last year that he'd still be on the roster over Z. I'd be like, you're crazy. Yep, 100%. Um, I think think everybody was expecting Preston to go bye-bye. Maybe not at this point in the year, but in the – in, earlier in the offseason, we all thought Preston was gone. Uh, thought Z might get an extension. Instead, of course, they restructured Z, which meant his release this year, and uh, negotiated that new contract with Preston, and he ended up having a top five um, of all time Packers pass rusher performances last year. would like to see him repeat that. I, I would say for Preston, in terms of breaking out, let's just see him do what he did last year again. Because so far in his career, he has good year, bad year, good year, bad year, good year, bad year. So he had a good year last year. Break that curse, dude. Let's see you string together two good years in a row, and I'll call that a breakout for you. Royce Newman got some love from Andrew Pryor and Young Net Save Peso. Andrew says, Royce Newman is what has one of the fastest first steps for any lineman and plays everywhere. The fan disrespect of a rookie that started day one on a good line that led the team to the one seed only to be benched in favor of the line that was beat up in the playoff game. Did he get, he did get benched for that game. Yeah, that was nuts. I don't understand the decisions they made in that playoff game. Yeah. Royce um, had a slow start, looked really bad in the middle of the year, but has really picked things up. And now he's in the mix for the right tackle job. Um, Probably uh, now that Elton's back, I would say his best shot to make the, um, the starting lineup is going to be at right guard. Uh, but the coaches really like him. Uh, I think that if he if he plays like he did, you know, like three quarters of the way through the season last year, if he just does that all year, man, we're singing a different tune about uh, Royce Newman this year. Caleb says Samori Toure is my guy. I'm a Nebraska guy, and Toure is a deep threat that I think can fill an MVS type role in our offense. But I know as a seventh round pick, he's got to make the roster first. He just did so much for our offense in one season here. Brian seconds that. And then Jeremy at just Jeremy here just says Samori Toure. Again, uh, I think we're all on the same page that uh, the goal here for Samori is make the roster. But if he can do it, he's certainly special. Josiah DeGuara got votes from Joe Ojanen, who uh, recently joined our team. He's uh, helping us do depth chart stuff. He, he put together our uh, training camp guide. Uh, do check that out at Joe from St. Cloud. Uh, love that dude. He's big on Josiah DeGuara. We got Garrett Brooks, Jen Mack, the Jen Mack, who says Josiah DeGuara hype train now boarding. Um, and then we have, have a lot of people who are excited about Darnell Savage. And we do have a Darnell Savage voicemail too. Hey, JJ, it's Matt Hogue here in Vancouver, Canada, big Packers fan, uh, along with me and all my buddies out here. 
Uh, saw your Twitter note today, and I just wanted to say that people are sleeping on Darnell Savage. We saw what this kid can do at the end of 2020. We saw what he could do out of his draft class. I mean, he had a pretty good rookie year as well. And, yes, his play seemed to really drop off towards the tail end of last year. But I think with the return of Jair and the strength of that secondary combined with, let's face it, a defense that's amazing at all levels, this kid's ready to go, and it's going to be a comeback, and people have been sleeping on Darnell Savage. He's looking forward to a Pro Bowl-type year and a bit of a comeback year, and hopefully uh, Packers uh, re-signing him uh, after the fifth-year option. And I will say, I think Darnell Savage is my answer. Uh, I had Sam Holman on the podcast a little while ago. Hopefully you caught that episode. He was talking kind of about what went wrong for Darnell. Was Darnell actually as bad as people said last year? His answer was pretty much no, he was not as bad. Um, there were some concepts they struggled with a bit, and obviously uh, people remember him getting beat by a couple of tight ends late in the year, uh, and that soured everybody. And then also in that Minnesota game, he had all those dropped interceptions. But on the whole, Sam felt really positive about uh, Darnell. And so and I really think that he's getting way too much hate. I think the coaches really like Darnell. I think he's going to be around here for a while. And I think that uh, Darnell can get back to his uh, 2019 level this year. You, know, you even saw Adrian Amos struggling last year to um, really figure out this new scheme. I think it's a kind of hard on safeties. And uh, with Adrian being as seasoned of a vet as he is and him still struggling last year, I, th I think uh, we can give Darnell a bit of a pass if it just took him one year to really get things going. So Scott Shulka, Corey Rommel, Hammer, Joe Hawkeye, Jordan Paul Steffen, Rusty Takes, Rube Gray, Big Christian Watson Guy, At the Murph, David Davis, uh, Goose, anybody else? Uh, yep, Hansel Akers, Black Sonata Targaryen Zoldic, what a name, and Lemps. Uh, that's uh, Chris Lemsis from uh, PackersTalk.com. Good dude. A lot of people throwing in their, their hat for Darnell Savage, and uh, I commend you guys. Welcome to the bus. I'll be driving this Darnell Savage bus uh, all the way. Super excited for um, everybody who's been calling for him to get cut or traded or whatever. Looking, to, looking forward to seeing those people uh, eat their words. Sammy Watkins did not get a lot of a lot of love. Cole Noble and Concerned Citizen both think that Sammy Watkins, um, as a veteran, as a guy who wants to be a leader, uh, is going to have a pretty big uh, role in this offense. Seems like Aaron Rodgers feels pretty good about him. Um, he was talking about Sammy being one of those guys he's really going to lean on. So uh, let's see here. John Runyon got some love for um, Jacob Dickerson. Andrew Dixon. Wow, those are... It's like almost spelled the same way too. Uh, and Joseph Sanders. Uh, everybody thinks that uh, Runyon's going to have a really good year. Thought he had a pretty good year last year. So uh, what are we talking about? All pro here? You think he's going to make all pro? I'd like to see that. I think the, the biggest thing he has to do is improve the run blocking because his pass protection is quite good. Kingsley and Nagbari is getting some love. Nathan Kolzar, Rob S., uh, Monsmoy, Jacob Schumacher, and Robin Adams. Uh, Jacob says 
Kingsley is going to emerge as the main rotation edge rusher and have an unexpectedly great rookie season. Signed, the leader of the Anagbare to Green Bay fan club. Had a couple people mention that they felt Kingsley had the talent of a late first or early second rounder. And uh, that's about, I I had him as a uh, late second rounder. I thought he was going to go before the third round for sure. I was surprised he lasted all the way to the fifth round. I'm really happy we got him. Uh, the big, you know, we already talked about, you know, that uh, it seems like when the lights are on, he plays, and when the lights are off, he maybe just doesn't have that same juice. I will say I think he's a liability in run defense. So in order for him to really get a lot of snaps out there when Rashawn and Preston are off the field, he's going to have to earn the – uh, trust of the coaches by stepping up his run defense. I think Tipa and Ladarius Hamilton are both ahead of him just from purely that standpoint. You can't have a guy who can only pin his ears back and get to the passer. You also have to be at least competent in run defense. And I think that that's such a big hole in Kingsley's game right now. Uh, so that is what I would want him to work on. And if he can get that figured out, yep, I, I think the, the sky's the limit for our new number 55. Tunyon got a lot of love. Again, this is one I'm going to have to only read names because there's so many people. Reese, Cheesemaster, Gary the Snail, Columnist Mike, Joe at Work, DFW Packers fan, Dan um, Rolo. Uh, man, Dan, I've read your name like a thousand times on Twitter and I've never tried to pronounce it. Rolo? Rulo. Probably Dan Rulo. That's probably how you say your name. Uh, Quay, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Um, that's, that's the guy's name. That's not his prediction. Uh, David Mitchell, Anders Sigurdsson, uh, Brandon, who else? Uh, and then GTB million numbers. <laughs> A lot of people saying that Tunyon's going to bounce back. And, and again, I think, um, have the question marks we do at wide receiver and the fact that Tunyon has, Rogers trust makes absolute sense that he could really take a big chunk of the pie. Eric Stokes got love from Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers doppelganger, uh, Anthon Yeti, Logan at J season and JT Senor Yashua. Um, everybody's given Eric Stokes some love. I think, um, I think Stokes got a ton of praise and hype last year for just being solid. And, I don't want to downplay his contributions because for a rookie, what he did was pretty good. But was he one of the better cornerbacks in football? No, I just think that as a rookie, he came in and played at a um, an average level and was solid enough that, that we weren't in trouble, which is great. Really glad we have him. But there's clearly a lot of room for him to um, get better this season. Jim Taylor says, Pat O'Donnell, because let's be real. Got a lot of love for A.J. Dillon. Um, I think largely was summed up by folks uh, just saying that he's going to overtake Aaron Jones as the feature back. Adam Van Norman says Jones is going to be more of a change of pace back and a receiver. Could be an incredible tandem. A.J. Strides have been incredible. Kevin Hadley, um, Luke GB to GB, Garrett Brooks, Dale O'Brien, um, Colton Moore, Nate, PNL Nepper, Oliver Klazoff at Ghostborn One. 
Uh, everybody's getting given a lot of love for Dylan. I, again, I think he had his breakout season last year. I thought he was um, one of the very best running backs in football last year. So, um, yeah, if he repeats that and gets the national respect, that'd be phenomenal. Um, and I, he's already a, a good receiver, but I think he'll get worked into the uh, receiving game even more. Now, the biggest one was Rashawn Gary. Um, basically, everybody thinks he's going to win Defensive Player of the Year. I think that's absolutely in the cards for him, based on the way he's he's been playing, how how good he was last year. As you know, he's going to be the true number one again this year, and he already kind of caught some people's attention last year. If he can convert more of those pressures into sacks and really get those those uh, the flashy numbers, which don't mean as much as people think, but if he can get those flashy numbers up a bit. I think uh, there's a lot of people who are going to be proven right about Rashawn. So we got Eric Drews. Oh, come on, man. What's this name? I'm going to read your Twitter handle because I can't pronounce your last name. Joe (laughs) at Before Dawn. There's Joe. Uh, Let's see. Trev at This Kid Trev. Mark Clays. Garrett Brooks. uh, Todd Ash Dua. Beard Man at Look It's a Beard. And Chris Freeman, everybody thinks that Rashawn Gary is going to win Defensive uh, Player of the Year. He's getting slept on. He's going to put up a monster year. Man, I, th- I think this might be the year where we start talking about Rashawn Gary in the same breath as T.J. Watt, Miles Garrett. Um, I, I think I think he's going to be number three right up there. Um, just not necessarily ranked number three of those guys, but that he's going to be talked about in the same breath as them. Aaron Jones still getting some love. Um, and I think that we maybe sleep on Aaron Jones a little bit too much now just because Air, uh, AJ Dillon is so exciting and fun and splashy. Um, Packers fans only says Aaron's about to go off and is really going to carry our offense. We haven't even come close to hitting his ceiling. I would push back on that. I think 2019, we absolutely smashed his ceiling. He's going to be the backbone of this offense. His work in the past game is going to be essential to our success. A lot of people think that uh, he's going to have a lot of work in the receiving game. Aaron Rodgers said he wants to get 50 uh, passes or 50 receptions to A.J. Dillon and uh, Aaron Jones, uh, which would be a breeze for Jones. He had over 50 last year. Wisco Fanatics says Aaron Jones is going to have a, an 80 reception game. Uh, or Sorry, not game. <laughs> season. Uh, Trumpled Dump. Aaron Jones will lead the team in receiving touchdowns in the first half of the season. I like that. That's super specific. Let's see that happen. Derek Deemer says, I'd say Aaron Jones is going to have a huge year, close to 100 receptions coming, screens all day. Uh, that, man, that, that could be really fun to watch. At Tone for Real Meast Side. Oh, Tone from east side tone from east side got it aaron jones was at like 20 touchdowns a few years ago had 16 rushing touchdowns in 2019 jones season returns this this is a scary looking name i got to make sure it's clean we'll just read off at trash poo says got to be aaron jones um aaron alice who i don't like reading on this show because she says mean things like i smell but she says Aaron Jones' impact in the passing game is getting massively overlooked. He's going to have a heck of a year. Benjamin Brigo is throwing the only love toward Mercedes Lewis. Um, and, man, with his uh, the way he got looks in the receiving game last year, I, you know, uh, probably Tunyon coming back steals some of his targets. But 
Um, he probably still gets some looks there as a receiver and continues to be a beast in the blocking game. I think he said he wants to play one more season after this year. I think 2023, he wants to be his final season in the league. You can imagine him wanting to go out with a bang. Um, Randy Blitz says people are starting to criticize David Bakhtiari and start the slander thinking he won't come back. He might miss some early games, but I believe he will come back for the majority of the season and he still will be one of the premier left tackles in the league. I think there has not been a truer word spoken all day than by Randy Blitz here. Randy, you're the only person who said this about David Bakhtiari in my entire thread. Kudos to you. I think you're a thousand percent right. I think a lot of people are going to look really silly. Randy Blitz, everybody. Cole Van Landen got a bit of love from Brandon, but looks like Brandon threw love toward just about everybody. So um, we're going to talk about Devontae Wyatt. Um, one vote for Adrian Amos from Sam Jones, who says he's the most slept-on player in the league. I'll say he's the most disrespected player in the league. How about that? A um, bunch of people said Aaron Rodgers, and I don't – again, What? how do you see him – elevating even higher than back-to-back MVPs. Like, seriously, I, I, I don't, what more is there for him to obtain? Um, l- reading through the comments, I think that these people mostly um, misinterpreted this just as who's going to be the best player, even though I pretty much spelled it out. You know, it's it got to be a breakout from somebody who's getting slept on. Jacob Westendorf says, Aaron Rodgers definitely doesn't get enough attention. He and Tom Brady are consistently overlooked. Well, thanks for wasting our time, Jacob. It's not like we're already an hour and 10 minutes into this podcast. (laughs) Bruce Irons says the entire Packers wide receiver group. There's a lot of talent and a lot of skill diversity. They all bring something different to the table. With Rodgers throwing to them, the unit will be plenty productive, even if none of them make the Pro Bowl. EM says, I agree with Bruce Irons. I have more concern about our tight ends than our wide receivers. Yep, that's where I've been all year. I completely agree with you. Um, I'm outside of Duara. I'm very concerned about the tight end room. I just I think that we have kind of gone backwards in terms of of total tight ends. We don't have Dominique Daphne anymore, which is baffling to me. We'll see what Tundin can do coming off the injury. Um, but even in 2020, which was his best season, um, it was mostly just the touchdowns. Other than that, he he was not actually doing – and people like to point out that he didn't have any drops. He had really good hands. Yep, that's true. Um, his, his blocking for the last two years has not been exactly what you want it to be. And he just doesn't get he, – he doesn't get a lot of targets in the passing game. Um, he just turns like all of his targets into touchdowns, which is, you know, certainly valuable. You like to have that, that, um, uh, red zone target, but again, with Devante leaving with Tunney being one of the guys that Rogers really trusts, I'd like to see him break out, but the entire Packers wide receiver group, I, I think that yes, there are some problems there, but I think they are going to be okay enough. I just wish they were getting more help from the tight ends. And I think that, um, if anything, the wide receivers are going to have to help out the tight ends, which is really not the situation you want to be in. So there you go. Uh, That's you guys' takes on who you're driving the bus for this year. I wanted to go more in-depth on some of these guys, but the response from everybody on Twitter was so massive that um, I I, I had to get everybody in there. I didn't want anybody left out. Um, uh, really happy that we could uh, play some voicemails as well. 
Thank you guys so much for chipping in, um, uh, giving your predictions. I'm excited to see who of you are correct. Um, so we'll probably want to revisit this in the off season, see who really did have a splash breakout season. And we'll come back and we'll give credit to the people who called it and saw it coming, especially the more specific and detailed you got in your prediction uh, and, and the more accurate it is, uh, we're going to give you even more credit and kudos. So that's going to do it for us today. I'm going to get out of here. You all have a fantastic week and I will talk to you next week. 